Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And may we be instruments by which your will may be done on earth. Please, Lord, take us into your arms and consecrate us to your service. Lord, we pray that by your grace we all shall be blessed with your words today. I have no words of my own to speak that will be a blessing to anyone except you put your words in my mouth. Therefore, Lord, please put your words in my mouth. Grant to all of us the gift of your Holy Spirit that the entrance of your word may be light to us. We pray, Father, that these words we'll be listening to shall be words that will transform our lives, that we may be conformed into the image of our dear Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father in heaven, do all this and take the glory. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, February 22 Let your religion show that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Philippians chapter 2 verse 15 Abraham was honored by the surrounding nations as a mighty prince and a wise and able chief. He did not shut away his influence from his neighbors. His life and character, in their marked contrast with those of the worshippers of idols, exerted a telling influence in favor of the true faith. His allegiance to God was unswerving, while his affability and benevolence inspired confidence and friendship, and his affected greatness commanded respect and honor. His religion was not held as a precious treasure to be jealously guarded and enjoyed solely by the possessor. True religion cannot be thus held, for such a spirit is contrary to the principles of the gospel. While Christ is dwelling in the heart, it is impossible to conceal the light of his presence or for that light to grow dim. On the contrary, it will grow brighter and brighter as day by day the mists of selfishness and sin that envelop the soul are dispelled by the bright beams of the sun of righteousness. The people of God are his representatives upon the earth, and he intends that they shall be lights in the moral darkness of this world, scattered all over the country, in the towns, cities and villages, they are God's witnesses, the channels through which he will communicate to an unbelieving world the knowledge of his will and the wonders of his grace. It is his plan that all who are partakers of the great salvation shall be missionaries for him. The piety of the Christian constitutes the standard by which worldlings judge the gospel. Trials patiently borne, blessings gratefully received, meekness, kindness, mercy, and love habitually exhibited 
are the lights that shine forth in the character before the world, revealing the contrast with the darkness that comes of the selfishness of the natural heart. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Let Your Religion Show. And still looking at the life of Abraham, here is something that we should learn from him. To let our religion show and not to hide it. To be witnesses for the Lord. When the Lord called Abraham, he was told that he was going to be a blessing to all nations. And we must understand how God had led Abraham in order for him to be a blessing. The first thing we saw is that for in order for Abraham to be a blessing to the whole world, he was supposed to separate from his country, from his kindred, from his nation, his people. Not to unite with them, but to separate from them. And that was how Abraham was supposed to be a blessing. How was he to separate? The Lord made him change location. It doesn't mean that the new location he went to, they were not idolaters there. They were idolaters there too. But the greater part of the separation Abraham had to do was in his customs, in his practices, his beliefs, and his ideas. And this is not something that he could hide. There must be a stark, clear difference between the lifestyle of Abraham and that of the rest of the world. And in this way, and this way only, was Abraham to be a blessing to them. That is, to the idolaters, to the rest of the world in separation from their practices. That is how Abraham was supposed to be a blessing. So that's one lesson we should get. In order to let our religion show, we should realize that there should be a difference between us and the rest of the world. As we read in Conflict and Courage, page 59, paragraph 2, it says there that Abraham did not shut away his influence from his neighbors. His life and character, those two things, character, in their marked contrast with those of the worshippers of idols, exerted a telling influence in favor of the true faith. So, in order for us to influence the world for good, we must be different from them. There must be a stark contrast between our character and theirs. And we'll talk about this character now. What was the character? One, he says his allegiance to God was unswerving. That means Abraham will make no compromise with the world. And secondly, while his affability and benevolence inspired confidence and friendship and his unaffected greatness commanded respect and honor. Here is a combination of unswerving allegiance to God combined with affability and benevolence, also combined with unaffected greatness. Now, what were the results of this? Many will think that if we are so different from the world and not unite with them in their practices, they will hate us and we will not be able to influence them. Well, that is if it is not mixed with the affability and benevolence. What does it mean to be affable? That is, he was one who would receive others kindly, converse with them in a free and very friendly manner. Courtesy, sociability, friendliness. That is what it means to be affable. So, while Abraham was different from the world in his behavior, in his character, 
and his beliefs and ideas, it doesn't mean that he wasn't friendly and social to the people. Here is where we must learn something very fine and delicate. In our desire to mix with the world, there is a tendency to become like them and not know where to draw the line. Abraham knew where to draw the line. He knew how to remain faithful to the Lord, have an unswerving allegiance to the Lord, and yet be friendly to the people of the world and be kind, courteous to them. For example, when he went to the battle to rescue the Sodomites, the people who uh, were taken captive from Sodom, and Lot was part of them. When he came back from that battle, what did he do? He returned everything gotten from that battle to the king of Sodom. How do you think, what do you think would be the result of that? The relationship between Abraham and that king. The relationship between them will be cordial because of what Abraham did. And you can see there a lack of uh, selfishness in the life of Abraham. In the book of Genesis chapter 14, reading from verse 17, that this is when uh, Abraham had brought back all the goods and his brother Lot and the women, everybody from the, that was ca- taken captive. It says in verse 17, and the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Chedor Laima and of the kings that were with him at the valley of Shaveh, which is the king's deal. Verse 21 says, And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up mine hand unto the Lord, the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a tread even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou should say, I have made Abram rich, save only that which the young men have eaten, and the portion of the men which went with me, Ena, Eskol, and Mamre. Let them take their portion. This kind of behavior from Abraham would win the confidence of the people of the world. While we have our unswerving uh, allegiance to God, there must be shown that in, in our character that we do not have a taint of covetousness and selfishness. Rightfully, since Abraham was the one who conquered these nations, he was right to take the people and the goods to himself. But when the king of Sodom came to meet him, Abraham discussed with the king. And the king said, just give me the people, take everything, all the goods you took from the slaughter, take everything. And Abraham said, no. And you must understand what this means. Do you know the amount of goods Abraham would have gotten from that slaughter? Here was a king who had conquered Sodom and five other nations. Imagine the amount of goods and slaughter that they took with them, the spoil of that battle. Abraham got everything back. Do you know how rich he would have been with those things? Abraham would have been very rich, but there was no covetousness in Abraham. What do you think the people will say about him? The king of Sodom and all these other ones, what do you think they will say about Abraham? They will just know that this is indeed a different person. This action that Abraham took of, of giving back to them all that belonged to them, which was supposed to belong to him now because he had conquered, they would just he would just win their heart over. This is the affability and the benevolence of Abraham. We as Christians need to learn to kill the spirit of selfishness and covetousness in us and be more loving to people. Abraham did this as an evangelistic act to let them know that he was not like them. 
who was after the things of this world. Though Abraham was rich, he wasn't covetous and desiring to at, at accumulate his wealth to get more and more and more. He let go of everything and I want our minds to have a very good concept of what this everything means. This was the conquer of a nation and not just one nation as we counted now up to four nations were conquered and Abraham went to conquer those who conquered the nation. So you can imagine the amount of things he would have taken as a spoil. He could have taken the things of the king that was slain, Chedor Loima, and the other the other kings that were with him. Those were other nations. And then these nations which include Sodom and the rest of them. But Abraham took nothing. This example would make the other nations, the other kings, not to even have any evil thing to do to Abraham. They would trust him. He had won their heart by doing this. And the people of the land knew that this man is different. There is no need for us to do anything wrong to him. In fact, if anything will be wrong with Abraham, they will want to protect him. Anyone who comes to do anything wrong to him, these men will want to protect him because of what Abraham did here. This is how Abraham let his religion show. Today, many of us Christians, we like to fight for land, fight for goods, fight for things that are our rights. Abraham did not fight for his rights. Here it is. These things were his right to take. He went to the battle and conquered. It was his right even to take the people to himself. But Abraham did not do that. He let it go. He was not attached to the things of this world. If we must let our religion show, we are not to fight for things that maybe even rightfully belong to us. Abraham let it go. And even his son Isaac did the same thing. In the book of Genesis chapter 26, reading from verse 18, it says, And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. And the herdmen of Gerah did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours. And he called the name of the well Essek, because they strove with him. And they digged another well, and strove for that also. And he called the name of it Sitna. And he removed from thence, and digged another well. And for that they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehoboth. And he said, for now the Lord had made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And he went up from thence to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared unto him the same night, and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee, and will bless thee, and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. And he builded an altar there, and called upon the name of the Lord, and pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants digged a well. Then Abimelech went to him from Gerah, and Ahuzat, one of his friends, and Phicol, the captain, the chief captain of his army. And Isaac said unto them, Wherefore come ye to me, seeing you hate me, and have sent me away from you? And they said, We saw certainly that the Lord was with thee. And we said, Let there be now an oath betwixt us, even betwixt us and thee, and let us make a covenant with thee, that thou wilt do us no hurt, as we have not touched thee. And as we have done unto thee nothing but good, and have sent thee away in peace, thou art now the blessed of the Lord. And he, that's Isaac, made them a feast, and they did eat and drink. And they rose up betimes in the morning, and swear one to another, 
and Isaac sent them away and they departed from him in peace. And it came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him concerning the well which they had digged and said unto him, We have found water, and he called it Sheba. Therefore the name of the city is Beersheba unto this day. So we see in this example of Isaac what we are talking about that was in his father, Abraham. In their relation with the world, the same thing happens. No striving with the world for the things that even belong to them. Many of us will do this striving today. But if we must let our religion show, there must be a difference. The children of God are not to strive like this, even for things that are their right. The well belonged to, Abra- to Isaac. The goods and the spoil of that battle belonged to Abraham. But look at the lack of covetousness in them. No selfish spirits, they let it go. By doing this, they won the hearts of the people of the world. So much so that Abimelech had to come to Isaac and make a pact with him, saying, we can see the Lord is with you. Please bless us. And this is, Abimelech was a king of the land of the Philistines. Abraham himself also met Abimelech. And the same thing as we read in the devotion, Abraham was honored by the surrounding nations as a mighty prince and a wise and able chief. How did he win their confidence? It was by acts like this. There is no way Abraham would not win the confidence of the nations of the world after he had conquered some nations and the ones that he, that he should have taken their spoil like Sodom, Mamre and the rest of them. He gave them back what what he got from the battle. He didn't take it to himself. There is no way Abraham wouldn't have won their confidence. And we as Christians, if we want to win the confidence of the people of the world, this is an example for us. The example of Isaac, the example of Abraham, will win the confidence of the people of the world. It is not by striving that we, we win their confidence. Imagine you striving with people that you are evangelizing to. You want to win their hearts. You want to make them to be like you, to love the Lord. And yet, you are fighting with them. When you are on the road, driving, do you know that that person there is someone you could have evangelized to on the road with you? They may do things to you that are wrong. That is no time for you to start to argue and shout with them. Do you know that if you were an evangelist, you could have knocked on that person's door and have a Bible study with the person and not know? It is not only when we are carrying our Bibles that we are to be evangelists. Our life is to be an evangelism on its own. Everywhere we go, while on the road, driving, in our offices, in the schools, everywhere we go, in the home, we are to remember that we are representatives of Jesus. And we are not to do things that will make the world to be put off. There are times when the world wants to trample on you. Jesus said, let it be. If they take your cloak, give them your coat also. If they slap you on one cheek, turn the other. Look at how Isaac turned the other cheek. In his own experience imagine digging a well do you know what it means to dig a well in the um, Middle East to dig and dig and dig for you to find water and after all that labor after all that stress some people come and say it is our own what did they what did Isaac do he let it go and they went to a second one and did the same thing dig and dig and then they found water and the herdsmen of the Philistines and of Abimelech came and said the water is ours and they let it go This is what it means to let your religion show. Let your religion show. Trust in the Lord that he will bless you. Isaac knew that as far as they are striving with it for me, it is not my own. 
until the one he dug that they did not strive for isaac then said this now is mine the lord has now blessed me and the lord confirmed it and appeared to him and said i will bless you it was a test of character for isaac when those people came to strive for that well the lord knew about it and was watching to see what isaac would do and isaac let go and the lord didn't come to tell isaac you did the wrong thing you should have taken that well no and the lord will not tell you today you did the you did the you did the wrong thing when you let people to ride on you sometimes to take away from you what belongs to you without any striving the lord will not tell you you did wrong because in the word of god he has counseled us that that is exactly what we should do do not think that it is by striving that you will get rich you don't lose anything the lord will bless you some of us are too proud we don't want the other people to think that they ride on us and that we are weak and that's the reason why we fight not because we can't let go some of us we can let go but because we don't want to send the message that we are weaklings therefore we fight we strive and we misrepresent god by doing this let it go and be a proper representative of what it means to be a child of god just as we saw in the life of Abraham and Isaac. The Bible has already told us in the book of Romans 12, verse 9 to 16, what it means to be affable and benevolent, to win the confidence of the people of the world, and to make sure that they gain our respect and honor. It says, Romans 12, verse 9 down to 16, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Patient in tribulation, that is exactly how Isaac and Abraham were, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, giving to hospitality. And that's exactly how Rebekah was, Isaac was, and Abraham. They were given to hospitality. See, when Abimelech came to visit Isaac and they had a discussion, Isaac prepared for them food and drink and they ate and were happy. And they even slept over. And it was the next morning they went. That is hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Do you do that? Do you bless those who persecute you? Isaac was persecuted. He didn't curse them he blessed verse 15 rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep so you have neighbors around you just like abraham was he had people who lived around him and he was affable to them friendly and sociable we'll talk about what it means to to rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep and then verse 16 says be of the same mind one toward another mind not high things but condescend to men of low estate be not wise in your own conceits you see christians are to have a genuine interest in the welfare of people around them now here are some ways in which this can be done remember in the book of james 1 verse 27 we are told pure religion and undefiled before god and the father is this to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world this is what it means on being unspotted from the world means unswerving allegiance to the lord that means you don't do anything wrong but at the same time you've practiced that pure religion visiting the fatherless and widows in their affliction we read earlier in romans 12 verse 15 rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep here are some ways we can do this in being affable to the people around us and yet maintaining our unswerving allegiance to the lord you can check on people to through phone calls visit them also when you are discussing with people you can always ask how do you do and 
mean it when you're asking it let it not be just a general formal way you're asking the question and genuinely listen to them when they are speaking to you pay attention to their needs and wants and when you have listened suggest ways to deal with the problems and that is godly way after the discussion check on them to know whether the issue has been properly dealt with that way they will know that you care it's not just to have a discussion and then you move your way and forget you can make a phone call to check on them that thing we discussed that day have you dealt with it how is it now they will know that you are you have them in mind the very fact that you called you have them in mind now don't also forget people's likes and dislikes when you have discussed with people and you have heard them say oh i like this food or i like this particular thing or the other and you see that the thing is not necessarily a bad thing don't forget it and be careful to remember and cater to it when necessary it shows that you are thinking of them and you love them so next time a visitor comes and he's coming and you've heard him before say ah, i like eating this or i like eating that when they come make sure that that thing they said they like is what is there they will be so surprised wow so you remember this is what i like oh thank you very much and even if they don't come when you visit people that thing they said they liked you can you could have bought it for them and then give it to them and they will be very grateful and also pay attention to people's mood and you can always ask them when you see that their mood is not in the best light ask them is everything okay when you notice that it is off listen to them if they want to talk while some people are quiet after a difficult event there are other people who want to talk to someone and it's good to be there to be a listening ear to them make yourself available to them if they need a sympathetic ear and be sure to listen to their issues it may not be that you may provide solutions all the time but just to listen is enough for some people and when people experience a tragedy maybe sickness death of a loved one that's time to visit and offer help what kind of help do you offer offer help with their chores and running errands for them even if they don't take you up on it that's telling you to do it when you offer to help around the house when someone is going through a tragedy it makes them feel the burden less so it's very important that we learn these things you can even offer to just provide company for them whenever they are going somewhere that's a way to show your affability and also uh, remember important events that they call you for especially if that event is things like uh, things that are not in not contrary to the word of god now it's very important that we know where to draw the line remember we've just talked about affability but then there's the other part of the christian's life where he's to show his religion in other words while being friendly he's not to compromise he's to show clearly what he believes in because every time you are mixing with the people of the world it's an opportunity to show what you believe in that's no time to compromise reading from messages to young people page 403 paragraph 1 it says the example of christ in linking himself with the interest of humanity should be followed by all who preach his word and by all who have received the gospel of his grace we are not to renounce social communion we should not seclude ourselves from others in order to reach all classes we must meet them where they are they will seldom seek us of their own accord not alone from the pulpit are the hearts of men touched by divine truth there is another field of labor humbler it may be but fully as promising it is found in the home of the lowly and in the mansion of the great at the hospitable board and in gatherings for innocent social enjoyment 
as disciples of Christ, we shall not mingle with the world from a mere love of pleasure to unite with them in fully. Such associations can result only in harm. So, just because you want to help the world and to unite with them and be sociable doesn't mean you join them in the things that you know the word of God condemns. In going to the cinemas and playing games, we should never give sanction to sin by our words. Take note. This is where we draw the line. Do not give sanction to sin by our words or our deeds, our silence or our presence. Wherever we go, we are to carry Jesus with us and to reveal to others the preciousness of our Savior. But those who try to preserve their religion by hiding it within stone walls lose precious opportunities of doing good. Through the social relations, Christianity comes in contact with the world. Everyone who has received their divine illumination is to brighten the pathway of those who know not the light of life. Let the world see. We should be, we should all become witnesses for Jesus. Let the world see that we are not selfishly absorbed in our own interests, but that we desire to share our blessings and privileges. Let them see that our religion does not make us unsympathetic or exacting. Let all who profess to have found Christ minister as he did for the benefit of men. We should never give the world the false impression that Christians are a gloomy, unhappy people. If our eyes are fixed on Jesus, we shall see a compassionate Redeemer and shall catch light from his countenance. Wherever his spirit reigns, there peace abides, and there will be joy also, for there is calm, calm, holy trust. You see, from what we read here, you can tell, even in the life of Abraham, Abraham did not unite to the world in his customs, but he had that genuine interest for the welfare of the people. We have to be careful in the way we relate with the world while trying to be sociable. There is still uh, the place where we draw the line. Christians are not gloomy people. But just because you also want to show that you are not gloomy doesn't mean you should join the world in its dissipations and its pleasures. We are to find pleasure in the things of God. That's what it means. While doing the things of the Lord, while obeying the Lord, while keeping his commandments, it is not to be done with a spirit of a lack of cheerfulness, but rather we are to do these things cheerfully. That is what it means. It doesn't mean you should go and do other things the world is doing to show them that you are not gloomy. No, it means that while doing the things the Lord asks you to do, you do it cheerfully. Are you dressing the way the Lord said you should dress? You do it cheerfully. Are you eating a different food from the world that they will eat and yet you squeeze their face while doing it? You are to do it with a smile on your face, letting them know, I am not suffering. The ways that the Lord has asked me to live, I enjoy it. I am being happy while doing it. So, there is the balance to it. While we socialize, we are to keep ourselves separate from the world and not compromise for their sake. Or else, they will change us and we won't change them. And we will not be blessing, be a blessing and witnesses that we ought to be. Remember that Abraham was told in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, when the Lord said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land I will show thee. And the Lord said, And I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that cursed thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. How was it that Abraham was supposed to bless all families of the earth? By separation. 
in Leviticus 18 verse 3 to 5, the Lord still told the children of Israel, After the doings of the land of Egypt wherein you dwelt, shall ye not do. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, whither I bring you, shall ye not do. Neither shall ye walk in their ordinances. Ye shall do my judgments and keep mine ordinances to walk therein. I am the Lord your God. Ye shall therefore keep my statutes and my judgments, which if a man do, he shall live in them. I am the Lord. So, in these passages, we see the Lord speaking to us, telling us the only way we can be a blessing to the world is by separation from them. And while being separate, we've already talked about being friendly and social, being there for them. You see, friendship is not about discussing shallow things. Being social is not about discussing football and discussing music and the movies. When you are really helpful to people is when you are there for them in the difficult times of life, when you are there to supply to their real needs. Discussing football is not a need. Discussing politics and uh, discussing uh, the latest music and going with them to watch movies. You have already become like them when you start doing that and you have missed the point. Now you are not being a representative of Jesus. Joining them in their, their pleasures and their games, that's not the way to do it. It is by being there for them like we read in the Bible. It didn't say going to play game with them. Pure religion is to visit the widows and the orphans in their affliction. That is the real need, supplying the real needs of the people. Reading from Great Controversy, page 509, paragraph 1, we are told, Conformity to worldly customs converts the church to the world. It never converts the world to Christ. Familiarity with sin will inevitably cause it to appear less repulsive. He who chooses to associate with the servants of Satan will soon cease to fear their master. When in the way of duty we are brought into trial, as was Daniel in the king's court, we may be sure that God will protect us. But if we place ourselves under temptation, we shall fall sooner or later. So that reiterates what we have been saying earlier. We can't conform to the worldly customs just because we want to be witnesses to them. The world has its holidays. It has its customs, its ordinances. It is not the duty of Christians to drop the things the Lord has asked them to do and start imbibing in their lives the worldly customs. Just a few days ago, we had a worldly custom called the Valentine. These are not things that we should follow the world in doing. You have to show love every day. There are many worldly people who would even tell you, I show love to my children and my husband every day. I don't need a special day to do it. I don't need a special day to do it because I do it every day. Reading from Messages to Young People, page 342, it says, In our efforts for the comfort and happiness of guests, that's when visitors come to your place, let us not overlook our obligations to God. It is frequently the case that because of some visitors we have in our homes, we forget our obligations to God, like our morning devotions, evening devotions, Bible studies, because we have a visitor. They are not to do that. The reading says, The hour of prayer should not be neglected for any consideration. Do not talk and amuse yourselves till all are too weary to enjoy the season of devotion. To do this is to present to God a lame offering. At an early hour of the evening, when we can pray unhurriedly and understandingly, we should present our supplications and raise our voices in happy grateful praise. Let all who visit Christians see 
that the hour of prayer is the most precious, the most sacred, and the happiest hour of the day. These seasons of devotion exert a refining, elevating influence upon all who participate in them. They bring peace and rest grateful to the Spirit. So when we have visitors in our home, ensure that they, you don't hide your religion. Everything you used to do in your morning devotion, evening devotion, Bible study, still do them. Don't say, because of the visitor, I won't do it. How about when we are invited to worldly, uh, let me say, um, practices and parties and all of that. Perhaps even on the Sabbath, one is inviting you, come for my wedding. What are you supposed to do? That's an opportunity to witness. That's an opportunity to let them know what you believe. Let your religion show. Messages Young People, page 370, paragraph 3. If you truly belong to Christ, you will have opportunities for witnessing for Him. You will be invited to attend places of amusement. And then, it will be that you will have an opportunity to testify to your Lord. If you are true to Christ, then you will not try to form excuses for your non-attendance but will plainly and modestly declare that you are a child of God and your principles will not allow you to be in a place even for one occasion where you could not invite the presence of the Lord. Amen. So we are not to tell lies and say, mm, I'm not coming because I just don't feel like coming. Or, but the real reason is that you don't actually practice the things they practice. You have to let them know, I actually can't do this. My, my religion doesn't allow me to do it. And make it clear and politely tell them, don't try to hide your religion. When you say, oh, I'm busy, that's why I can't come. Or I'm indisposed or something. You, you are not telling them the real truth. You could have gone. If it was something you could really go for, you may, you may have gone. But tell them the truth that I actually can't come to the club. I actually can't come for this party. Or I can't come to the cinemas. I can't go to the place you are going to. Why? My religion doesn't allow it. I believe that it is wrong. I don't believe that you should go for these kind of things. Yeah. Many people don't want to do this because they feel that it will cause a friction between them and the people. But there are many who will want to understand why and genuinely will ask questions. Hmm, tell me more about it. And, you, and that will be an opportunity for you to witness. As we read now Romans 12 verse 17 down to 21, we are told, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as light in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. So, when you get into trials, the way you conduct yourself as a representative of Christ matters. Don't hate, don't avenge, don't curse, rather bless. And there are other amusements that we can be invited to and be careful not to think that in uh, you've, be, I can, you've been in that situation before where people are playing games and you, want, you just want to unite with them. Let it not be like, I'm so different. And then you feel like you want to join them. Don't join. Don't join. We read in Messages to Young People, page 392, paragraph 1. Recreation is needful to those who are engaged in physical labor. 
and is still more essential for those whose labor is principally mental. It is not essential to our salvation, nor for the glory of God, to keep the mind laboring constantly and excessively, even upon religious themes. There are amusements such as dancing, card playing, chess, checkers, etc., which we cannot approve because heaven condemns them. These amusements open the door for great evil. They are not beneficial in their tendency, but have an exciting influence, producing in some minds a passion for those plays which leads to gambling and dissipation. All such plays should be condemned by Christians, and something perfectly harmless should be substituted in their place. And what is this something perfectly harmless? We read about the holidays. How do you spend them? In page 392, paragraph 3 says, Let several families living in a city or village unite and leave the occupations which have taxed them physically and mentally and make an excursion into the country to the site of a fine lake or to a nice grove where the scenery of nature is beautiful. They should provide themselves with plain hygienic food the very best fruits and grains and spread their table under the shade of some tree or under the canopy of heaven. The ride, the exercise, the scenery will quicken the appetite and they can enjoy a repast which kings might envy. On such occasions, parents and children should feel free from care, labor and perplexity. Parents should become children with their children, making everything as pleasant for them as possible. Let the whole day be given to recreation. So, this is a way that we can actually have our own innocent pleasure. And the major thing is the discussions that go on in this uh, past time, like we just read now, in where you go to the countryside, maybe by the side of a lake and get some really good healthy food there with other families of like minds and in the in that place the discussions is really what matters they should be of such a nature that will still qualify you to enter into prayer to enter into your study of the word of god not the type of conversation that is frivolous that is jesting and joking that would bring you or disqualify you to enter into the services of the lord the prayers and the devotions because you have you have chatted away and jested away the holy spirit we can be representatives of god on this earth if we are social to save and at the same time give our unswerving allegiance to the lord let us pray father in heaven the words have been spoken and i pray father that by your grace your spirit shall make every heart that has listened to understand in every in a way that applies to each soul i pray father that these words shall be blessed and that all who will listen shall have a transformation of life in these matters help us lord to have that unswerving allegiance to you and at the same time teach us lord what it means to be representatives of you to be affable to be friendly to be social and know where to draw the line that we may be ambassadors of christ on this earth in Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.